Hey, everybody. Welcome back to D3 Glory Days on the Sidious Mag Podcast Network. We're back with another episode. Before we get into it, make sure you're following us on social media. We'll have tons of updates on the 2022 cross-country season. Plus, you'll know when every episode drops if you're not already subscribed to the podcast, which reminds me, make sure you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts and make sure you're following on Spotify. If you can leave a review on either Spotify or Apple, we'd really appreciate it. It helps grow the podcast and get more listeners like you. Today's episode was a current episode around the regular season in D3 Cross Country. I was joined by Tucker Cargyle and Emily Richards both of whom are on the D3 Glory Days team, writing articles, making graphics, et cetera, et cetera. It was great to get their opinions on what's happened so far this regular season and what to look forward to later on as we have conference this week, regionals in two weeks, and then nationals the week after. It's been a great season so far, and we expect it to continue. So we break everything down, talk about some of our rankings, which are released today as well, and much more. Hope you enjoy. Let us know your thoughts. What are your hot takes for this season? We'll catch you next time. Here's to the glory days. All right. Welcome back to D3 Glory Days, our regular season review. We're heading into the postseason here with the conference week. This week, and then regionals, and then nationals. So we're going to break down everything from the regular season. And I'm joined by a bunch of All-Americans in the room, excluding myself. I wasn't one. Probably the fastest 800 duo we've seen in a Zoom call at any given point. Emily Richards, D3 record holder, and recent grad from Redlands, 148, called a shot, Tucker Cargyle. How you guys doing? Doing well, really excited to be here and talk about cross country. Yeah, as 800 meter runners, I don't know how much we like cross country, but we're here for it anyway. Excited to be here. Hey, you you don't sell yourself short. You both were all Americans in cross. You, maybe it wasn't your most favorite seat. It wasn't your favorite season, but at least you had some success. Yeah, definitely learned to like it. It's a long season if, if you don't enjoy running, um, you know, 15 miles every Saturday. So there's not a meet. Tucker had it a little rougher than I did. I tolerated it, but I only had to go 6K, so. Well, yeah, first off, Tucker, welcome to the D3 Glorious team. You've been behind the scenes a little bit this season with some articles and our awesome new weekend recap. You've been on D3 Glorious before and an episode, was it Contenders episode? But yeah. the audience who doesn't know what you're doing now, what are you doing now in the world? I am working at Claremont McKenna College, so I see... Pomona Pitzer and CMS running around all the time. Um, still like to talk a little trash to them every now and then. But yeah, trying to trying to continue running. Been taking a little break, but maybe we'll get back into it at some point. Will we see you back in the track season? Oof. Uh, we'll see. Uh, to be determined. <laughs> you'll get the itch and maybe you'll start moving up and being uh, like a 5K or a 10K or here soon yeah yeah i don't really have the itch to get back into it quite yet um but hopefully i get it at some point point. and emily what are we in kind of base building phase for you 
as a coming off. And I feel like you just ended your track season not too long ago and now you're building back up. How are things with you going? Yeah, it's going well. Uh, we every year, so I also still coaching at Ohio Northern every year before the conference meet, we do a two mile time trial on the track. So I'm going to hop in that tomorrow, get a little VO2 max test, see where That's we're good. at. Uh, but training's going well. I did um, a Michigan workout last week that went really well, closing a 64. Um, and uh, did a big um, 1K, 2K, 3K, 2K, 1K ladder the week before. So coach is kicking my butt over here. Hey, it's going to pay off. The sub two is coming. Just, just missed it this past track season, but we can't wait for next season for when you do it. But Enough about track and the oval. Let's get into the cross country course. Emily, I'm going to start with you and something, a little bit of oversight on my end here. You know, for the most part, I let you write whatever you want. And then we put up on the website and then we started our rankings. And I was, you know, we all collectively kind of ranked people together, but we didn't, in hindsight, go back and look at your Midwest regional preview. And you saw what happened at Augustana coming, but we didn't give you the platform to preach in our initial rankings, which will change here soon. But give us a little lowdown on your team this year at UChicago. Yeah, I am a huge UChicago fan this year. I think they're running lights out. I think they're going to win the national title. They're just so strong up front. They've got you know, Francis Schaeffler, Anna Kenig-Ziesler, they haven't even run Claudia Harnett yet. Who knows when, if she's going to drop in this year. Uh, if she does, then they're even more unstoppable. Lucy Gruthos is also really strong. I just, I think they're great. They're going to win the national title. And I've, I feel like I've known it ever since I wrote that preview at the beginning of the year. All right. So they only beat Warburg three though. Does that concern you at all? Or are you like, ah, they're, they're all right. You know, we saw last year Pomona lose against Warburg and then they obviously won the title again, but it's close. Yeah. And they haven't run against Geneseo yet either, which would be a really good matchup too. Um, I think it's going to be a tight race among those three teams. Um, but I'm pulling for you, Chicago. That's my team. Yeah, we, you know, we, before we started recording, we kind of mentioned on the women's side that it seems like a very open field right now. I mean, you look Hopkins, I believe we'll have them at sixth right now. The coaches association has them at fifth. They're in new territory and they're without, they lost four women last year or this year, I guess, to graduation. And so they're still rebounding Tucker, from your perspective, looking at this women's field, what stood out to you so far this season? Anything of surprise or anything that you think is on its way based on some of these results? Yeah, I think I'm just surprised that it's as open as it is. I think there, you know, there are four or five teams that really have a good shot of winning the title. Um, I've had a chance to watch CMS a little bit this season and they're looking really strong. Natalie Batetti is running lights out right now. Um, she was there. She wasn't their number one runner last year. Meredith Bloss was, but she's kind of taken over the role as the front runner. So excited to see how they, they look the rest of the season. I think they're kind of my dark horse team to win it. Yeah. I, I feel like, you know, we'll have Chicago ranked my team still, and I'll probably still go with this when we do our predictions. I said this and I'm going to roll the clip 
when it is possible, I said at our cross country recap episode with Jordan and Emily, when I saw that Sunny Geneseo kind of came out of nowhere last year and they returned everyone, I may have used the, the guaranteed word, which I don't do often because I never want to guarantee anything, but I may have guaranteed a Sunny Geneseo national title. So we'll see. We still have a month away from the national title. Looks like Ardner Windsor didn't run this weekend. Hopefully it's not injury related, but yeah, Carlton women, you know, gave a little run there as well. Scared them a little bit out at Rowan, but you know, as we look into maybe the men's side of things right now, what stuck out to you all as surprises or yeah, what stuck out to you, whether it's been a surprise or like you knew this was happening and you saw it all along, there's been, you know, some kind of key absences on a couple key teams here that maybe are going to be hurting from that, but any big takeaways so far from the regular season? My equivalent to you Chicago women on the men's side is North Central. I feel like I've been really attached to them all year too. I must must just really be pulling for these uh, Illinois teams, but they kind of started started kind of quiet and sneakily, I feel like have kind of regained their reign. They won the 2018 national championship and uh, were a little underwhelming last year. So I think they're on a mission to rise back to the top of the nation. So I think a lot of people were maybe surprised to see them beat Wartburg and Wash U out at Augustana, but I wasn't surprised. <laughs> I think they're exactly where they should be right now. And I think they'll definitely be on the podium in a few weeks. Yeah, it's, it's great to see North Central back up towards the top. Um, but it's all Pomona Pitzer. I don't think anyone is beating them this season. I mean, wasn't even that close against North Central. I mean, 20, 21 points. Um, Pomona also had two guys run at another meet um, that ran like 24 mid. So they have nine guys that I think can be all Amer- individual All-Americans. So it'll be interesting to see who runs at nationals and who runs at the regional meet. Taking on Pomona there, you know, they have the flexibility to rest guys if they want to and not run their full team. You know, that back, that regional to national, you know, it's a one-week turnaround. A lot of things can happen there. So having that flexibility is nice. I mean, we talked about this in track too. They had, what, 16 guys break 15 minutes in the 5K, which is unheard of. Even when in North Central's heyday, I think I went back and looked at it. They had maybe 10 and that was a lot. So now to add six more, add basically another cross country roster to what North Central had is impressive. I don't see them losing. You know, we were talking this in the group chat because Emily, I think you brought it up like, oh, North Central looks pretty good, you know, against Pomona. And I was like, Emily, Pomona put seven in front of North Central's four. And if we think North Central's number three in the country, then Pomona may be walking away with it. But yeah, it's impressive what they're doing right now. And uh, Coach Kyle Flores seems to have them on clicking on all cylinders and their, and their depth is, is pretty impressive. But to your point, though, Emily, about North Central, I wonder when's the last time, you know, if they podium, when's the last time a team has podiumed? without a national qualifier in a distance event in track. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't have anyone all year Crazy. in track, like indoor or outdoor. And you look at these names, like 
Canaris, Max Saventi. You know, I think they were like 14 mid guys in the 5K. Braden Nicholson, he transferred back. You know, some of these guys were running, you know, middle tier times, like good, but not with how fast D3's gotten, doesn't get them to the national meet. So they really put in the effort, you know, and got back to the basics. I saw their workout on Instagram. They're back at their mile repeat course uh, that coach Al always had them doing. So it's interesting to see how well they are running. You know, their front three are running really well. They're right there with Pomona's now just getting that back for a little bit closer, but Pomona's gonna be really hard to, hard to, hard to beat. Tip my hat to Tucker there with Pomona Pitzer. They definitely have a lot of depth and a lot of experience. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see what they do at the national meet this year. Last year, you saw them use a strategy where they got out conservative and they moved up and just dominated that race. Um, and they're the type of crew that has the experience and the depth to do something like that. Whereas a team like North Central or Warburg has more of a target on their back and I think is more likely to blow up. Um, whereas Pomona Pitzer is always calm, cool, and collected. Yeah, Pomona right now looking at the results. They're one, two, three, four, five. They're fifth. They ran a 20-second split, one through five. And... Jack Rosencrans was their number five. He went out in a five minute mile, was 94th overall and moved up to oh 14th. So that's a mid distance guy right there. Yeah. You know, he was a 1500 meter all American, right? Yep. So who was, th- who was the last team to was North central, the last men's team to three Pete. Yeah. They're the last team to three Pete. And I think there's only been, I believe Oshkosh. Yeah. So the team is to have three peated the first to do it in D three Wisconsin Oshkosh 1988 through 1990. And then North central did it in 97 to 99 Calvin just missed. They went first, first, second, first, and then North central did it 2016, 2017, 2018. So it's only been Oshkosh and North central North central has done it two different times. So Pomona could be the third team to repeat or three Pete, excuse me. Yeah. A three Pete has a nice ring to it. And I know they're really shooting for that. Um, so we'll see if they can get it. Any other insight you can provide to us out there? We Midwesterners don't know what, what goes on out there. We'd love to get some inside information. <laughs> you know, I feel like they're they're kind of secretive about what they do, but we are going to have a workout Wednesday with Pomona Fitzer coming out next week before uh, conference championships. So that'll give everyone some insight into their training. Which will be cool and something that we are figuring out as we go. So if your team wants to be a part of it, let us know. We just need to figure the first one out and we'll, we'll go from there. The budgets, uh, the private jets are down right now, so we can't make it out to all of your practices, but if we have someone local to film, we can, we can make something happen. Gas prices these days are really expensive, you know, (laughs) over $6 here. (laughs) Oh man. Well, anything else overarching, I guess one thing that we wanted to talk about, I put this kind of last on our agenda, but I'm going to talk about it now was can anyone beat Cassie Parker? And we talked about this after she lost to Ari Marks in track was it could go one of two ways. One, they could break her in the sense that like, crap, I lost. 
and she gets down in her dumps, or I think I said, and I think I'm pretty confident I said, or she becomes a monster and no one touches her. So far, she has taken down Fiona Smith by a lot. She's taken down Aubrey Fisher by a lot. Two names that could have, in the beginning of the season, think like, oh, maybe we could have a shot at her. She hasn't seen Clara Mayfield yet. And really, like, that's maybe the last shot at someone taking a stab at her. I don't really see anyone else getting close. She's taken down quite big names, won a D1 race at Notre Dame, you know, just misses break team minutes. I just don't see anyone coming close to her this year. I don't see an Evie Miller, you know, pulling, going with her in that first 3K or whatever that was that she did at, at Nationals. Yeah, as good and consistent as Clara Mayfield's been with, you know, three three first place finishes in a row at now, um, I, I just don't see anyone that's going to touch Cassie Parker. Um, she's just going to go from the gun and it's going to be over. Yeah, I think... I think Tucker's right there. <laughs> Cross country is her, her, like that's that's her her sport there, and she had a, a really good track season too. But I think it's different during the cross country season, and she knows it. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see the the Clara matchup, and it's gonna take you know those women being confident enough to go with her. It'll be interesting to see what they do. You saw Evie go with her last year. Will one of those women try that again, or all of them? Uh, I think you mentioned three big names there, Stu. Clara Mayfield, Fiona Smith, and Aubrey Fisher. I definitely see them in the hunt for runner-up there. Yeah, and you got to factor in, you know, let's say Carlton and, and Warburg make it. You know, they got to think about their their team score as well. And so, you know, going out and blowing up isn't really help their team. Fiona, I feel like St. Benedict could be on the border here of qualifying right now. But, yeah, it's risk to go with her because if you go with her and you blow up, uh-oh, your team. And that – it's something I want to talk about with, with Cassie, you know, they're, they've been moving up this entire year so far, sixth at Augustana, only 21 points behind Wisconsin Eau Claire. And, you know, one of the big reasons, obviously Cassie, but their supporting cast right now has helped her, you know, see Loris in a different light more as a team. Now, you know, Brianna Renner's having, Brianna Renner is having a good season. They had a transfer from, Franciscan in Allison Bryant. And I believe they have a first year in their top five right now, Bailey Vaughn. So, or Vohan, excuse me. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what they can do as a team. I don't, I don't know the last time they made it as a team is I'll have to look that up, but that'll be new for her having a team there and, and we'll see how that can go. All right. Anything else out of Augustine or should we move on to out East in Connecticut? Let's move out East. Yeah. Out East now at, Connecticut College. Check out our Instagram. We did have it in our story. You probably won't see it anymore. George Mason Visuals, I believe, is his Instagram. Took some great photos of the Connecticut College invite. It's also in our meet recap from last week. So check it out. Really cool meet. I was able to coach their one meet with with Amherst, and it's really cool to be on the ocean. Definitely something different than the Midwest cornfields and golf courses that we run on, but. You know, going into what we really thought it was going to be MIT versus Amherst, just based on the rankings, we knew St. Olaf was going to be there, but MIT ends up taking the show and St. Olaf having a really good showing for their women's program, finishing second, had a really tight pack as well. Anything in that women's race caught your attention? I mean, Amherst was definitely the favorite, I feel like, 
going in there. They've had a really good season. Mary Kate McGranahan's had a really good year and didn't have a great race. Um, and I think that definitely impacted things. So I was surprised to see them get fourth, but maybe more surprised to see St. Olaf and Williams um, finish ahead of them. I thought those two teams put together really good races and obviously MIT was awesome. Yeah, outside of the team battle, I was super impressed with Vivian Kane from NYU, the freshman, um, getting the win out there and beating Jenna Gerard from Williams, who finished 15th at Nationals last year. Um, so that's a that's a really impressive win for a freshman. Yeah, I was curious because I believe on the live results, I was like, who's Vivian Kane? I thought Violet LaHive won the race because I tweeted that. That's what the live results had. And so it was a shock to me to see the name Vivian Kane. And so I was curious to see like, you know, where she come from, where she came from, especially since she was a freshman. So check out these high school PRs of hers. She ran, I put it in our recap article. She ran 508, 1117 and 1852 in cross country. So, you know, obviously a good recruit, a recruit every D3 school would want to have nothing jumping off, nothing screaming off the page. Like she's not a five minute, you know, sub five or like a 1040 runner, but like very solid, a team, a person everyone would want on their program. Probably not the times you'd think that could go win the Connecticut college invite as a, as a first year. So whatever she did over the summer to get ready for this season is working well. And that really goes to show too what NYU is doing. They haven't been to the national meet, I believe since 2013, I want to say last year, they're eighth in the region. So they're really coming up strong right now. They, they were sixth as a team, a little bit behind Bates, but you know, and then a significant victory over Smith for seventh, you know, they got to be feeling confident that they can make along with SUNY Geneseo from the Niagara, Niagara region. Yeah, they have, a, they have a really solid top two. Um, Grace Richardson, Richardson also finished seventh in that race. They just need to, they need a three, four or five that can be consistent. Yeah. And that's the thing we're seeing right now with some of these programs who are kind of top heavy. It's, it's getting, you know, your pack to move up a little bit and move into position, you know, a, a, a team similar. I wrote about this in the, the recap is you took the team like Bates. They have Jillian Richardson who finished third at Connecticut college. They put their entire top five ahead of Amherst and Williams and they only had a, I believe it was 17 second split or 14 second split, two through five. So if you can move that up, all of a sudden you're competing with Amherst and Williams. And, you know, that could be a, a NESCAC conference title. And that gives you confidence heading into the regional meet. So dark horse to do well, not trophy or anything like that, but to do well and surprise some folks later in the season is Bates, write it down, put it in your notebook, look for the Bates women later on in the season. All right, let's talk about the men now moving on. It was a pretty packed up bunch. If you were following the live results during the meet, it was a big pack really through about 5k until Elias Lingren and Tyler Morris took off and Elias came away with the victory, taking down his former teammate Aiden Ryan's course record. So when you take down a course record that was held by the 356 miler, you know, you're doing something right. But MIT men, again, proving that patience 
pays off and taking home the team title. Yeah. Really impressive race out of Lindgren there. It was really fun to see him challenge Philip at the national meet last year. I know we talked about Parker and, and if she was touchable or untouchable this year, um, but we hadn't talked about Philip yet. And I think Lindgren is definitely a name to look out for could potentially pull off an upset. I feel like the men's race is a little different. Whereas women's race has a very clear person who will probably win in Cassie Parker. Philip is still that name in the men's race, but I think someone like Lindgren could be the one to take him down. You know, they're not going to race each other at all this year. So we're not going to get any common courses. We're not going to get any common races against them. So it's going to be the first time they've seen each other since really that 5k. And that was after Alex hurt that ankle, Elias coming off an injury in track. So I think they're very excited to race each other again. And yeah, right now I'd say Christopher Collette, Elias Lindgren, Alex Phillip are have to be the three heavy favorites. Tyler Morris, throw him in there. Yeah, Lucas Florsheim from Pomona is going to be in that pack. And, you know, cross country is all relative with all these times and all these courses. But you look at some of these times, though, and it could be a fast race and it could be a kicker's race again. And, and Alex really didn't have it until really that last 100 meters or so. So, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. I'm also, I wish the Wisconsin schools race at Augustana. I'm interested to see, you know, what Ethan Gregg could do in that field, what the whitewater guys of Pasca and Schlender could do at Augustana, but you can't be greedy. Yeah, you mentioned Christopher Cullet in there. Um, we'll get to that one uh, eventually. Or, no, we didn't talk about him at Augustana yet, did we? Oh, I guess we glanced over the men's race there, didn't we? Yeah. Gosh, unbelievable race by him. Uh, And you saw him take, you mentioned the Whitewater guys, you saw him take the steeplechase title right out of Pat's (sighs) hands uh, outdoors. Um, He's got a mean kick. He's run 406 in the mile. He's run 153 in the 800. Like, if there's a kick that Philip needs to watch out for, I think it's Christopher Collette. And he, he seems like the most confident guy in all of division three cross country to me right now. Like ever since that steeplechase race, he's just running fearlessly. And I don't think Colette is my pick to win it, but he's definitely going to be gunning for that title. Yeah. He, I mean, August Dana. So I guess to give some insight into like how we're able to help out Yusufika and provide them with information and then ultimately it's like basically their decision on runner of the week but you know i almost word for word said it's a coin flip between colette and elias for runner of the week after talking with with the crew here and so i emailed them and said like you know it's flip a coin and that's really what it is so i said i'm not a one for, i also said this too i'm not a one for ties but this would be a really good instance where you can have a tie of national run of the week <laughs> colette took down a really good field really strong team battle and for him to have a nice celebration like that and shout out to kirk reynolds for capturing that moment with his arms spread open and and bringing home that victory yeah the confidence is definitely there and sometimes confidence can be a deciding factor in some of those races. You know, Alex Phillips is going to be confident. We didn't see him race at Oberlin, but you saw him jogging around looking, looking healthy, Emily. Yeah. He, he looked all right. <laughs> I also just feel like all the pressure is on Alex Phillips though. 
like these other guys don't really have pressure. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, because none of them have, besides Colette, no one has won a national title, I guess, for Kirky out of Eau Claire, but Eau Claire has to make it. Jamie Daly is gone from the 5K. So really it's just Alex and Christopher Klett with some national title experience coming into this cross country or national, yeah, national title experience coming into it. Ryan Wilson in the 800. Oh, and Ryan Wilson, 800. Can't forget him. Also, let's shout out Ryan Wilson, you know, 800 meter national champ, two-time national champ. You guys are saying how much as 800 runners, you don't love cross country. There he is tying with Ryan Smith of Bates for 16th at Connecticut College running 24-51 and is currently their number five, six right now. Who's So the 800-meter guy, he's going to be the deciding factor for MIT if they want to take a shot at Pomona. And that last 100 meters in Lansing, watch out for Ryan Wilson and how many people he can pass. It's going to be spicy. Ryan Wilson is legit. I mean, he kicked my butt at outdoor track nationals. Um, and Leah, last year at cross country championships, he finished 29th. So he's been good at cross country. This isn't anything new. Um, so yeah, watch out for him. And MIT might be the only team that can take down Pomona Pitzer in my mind. Yeah. They, you know, having all five in the top 16, running a 41 second split. So it's a little bit greater than Pomona's split. It's going to be interesting to see what they can do. Yeah. Something to note too, about Williams though, too, they moved up fairly well throughout the field. They were in third through that first 2.8 split at Connecticut and moved up and finished with 78 points. They were missing. One of their top runners is a freshman. So we'll see what they can do. I think they're kind of back in that top seven range right now. And they could be eyeing a trophy with Elias leading up front and Graham Tui Gatos, you know, as the supporting number two right now, again, their team that will need that, that three, four and five moving up here throughout the end of the season, but they have a strong supporting cast with John Lucy, Nate Lentz. So we'll see what they can muster up here as they get head in the NESCACs and regionals. I feel like going into the season, a lot of people had Graham Tui Gatos as, you know, a potential title contender. And I feel like he's kind of not at the forefront of D3 cross country right now. Do you guys think that he's still a legitimate title contender? I think in time, he's still really young. He's a sophomore. He had a really good freshman season. I think, I mean, you both ran college cross country and you know that that can be kind of a shock to have you know, some early success like that, you've probably seen some other athletes kind of experience that and have to navigate that moving forward. Um, but he's, I mean, you're right. I feel like most people probably expect him to be a little bit more impressive, but that's not to say that he hasn't still been extremely consistent. And I think in time, you know, maybe after Lindgren graduates, he's going to fill the spot, you know, Aiden graduates, Lindgren fills the spot, Lindgren graduates, Graham steps up and, and fills that spot. So I think in time, he'll definitely be at the forefront of the nation. Yeah. I, I also don't know. I don't have any information. He didn't race one of those, one of his races. So maybe he's kind of coming back slowly and they've been holding him back a little bit. So, you know, while he was, he was sixth at this race, he probably wants to be right near Elias in a month's time. 
I bet he is in the top five. I don't, I don't, he'll no, be in that. I, I think he'll be in that pack. That's like contending a move will be made and he may stay with it, but I think it gets broken up and I want to say he'll be in the top five. My top five right now, if you're curious, I'm not going to go with it yet. You'll have to wait and Dude, see. Come on. Come on. As it stands right now, we're going Alex Phillip, Elias, Christopher Collette, Graham Tui Gatos, Tyler Morris. That's okay. solid. I like it. And I'm sure Wisconsin school is going to like be in there, you know? So yeah, it's, I, I feel like with the women's right now, I feel like the women's team is wide open for it for a national championship team. I feel like the men's side is a little bit deeper right now and makes it a lot harder to figure out who's going to be where, because, you know, I left off a few names that easily could be in the top five and you wouldn't be surprised by, by that. And I think that also impacts the men's teams as well. Right now you look at this, you know, top 10 team. I feel like if you've pulled 10 people, they all could potentially have a different four. They're all going to have Pomona and MIT, but I think that three, four could be a little bit different as well. Uh, I guess there was a little bit of craziness at Rowan here. Carlton almost takes down Senior Geneseo. Senior Geneseo didn't have Ardner Windsor in there. However, Carlton looked really good on paper in what they were able to produce in terms of not only was Clara up there as the meet champion, but who they're able to put in the top five as well in Hannah Pricer and Sophie McManus, a freshman and a sophomore, all, both of them were ahead of senior Geneseo's pack and ultimately Geneseo takes it by a point. Are we count? Were we counting out Carlton too early? I mean, I don't know if they're going to be title contenders, but potentially, I mean, yeah, their proximity to looking- Geneseo was probably one of the most impressive results of the weekend, I think. Even without Windsor in there. Yeah. And like, let's say you put Windsor in at, excuse me, at five, you know, that really only keeps their victory like within 10 points still. So it's not like Windsor turns this into a blowout, which means to my point, like Carlton ran really strong. And, and that's, I think some people are gonna be like, well, they didn't lose. Why would Sunni Geneseo not take, not be the top team? You know, I was thinking about this, you equate it to college football, Alabama, before their loss against Tennessee, they had two unimpressive victories. And if you're the top team, you need to be blowing out teams who are ranked way behind you. And I think at this point they were number one, Carlton was 15th. And so when you don't have an impressive win, it almost hurts you as a kind of, as a loss in a way, you know, if you're not looking strong, I think that's why Hopkins has moved down a little bit. So it hurts Genesee in the fact that they didn't look as strong, but they have maybe bigger, bigger plans than the Rhone interregional race here at the end of the year. Yeah. And I almost feel like it's not even that it wasn't a strong victory. It was just a really good showing by the Carlton team. I think. Oh yeah. I don't want to downplay their performance at all. I mean, one, one, four, five, 13, 15, you know, that's going to win a lot of races. So yeah. They definitely appear to be trending in the right direction. And I, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if Carlton finished on the podium at nationals. 
Ooh, that's a hot take. That's a hot take. I know. The w- I feel like the women's race is so open that that anyone could really be there. The one thing that hurts them, and it's kind of similar to Loris, is, and I wrote about this when we did, I'm, I'm blanking, maybe it was the national or pre-national weekend. The thing that hurts Carlton right now is their one through five split. It was almost two minutes from one to five. Ooh. And they're going to go up against St. Olaf at Mayax. St. Olaf had a 12-second split at Connecticut College. So no matter what the distance is, what Claire Mayfield to, you know, their number five would be, St. Olaf can put their entire top seven in two minutes there. And all of a sudden, like, you just negate. I mean, they did negate a one, two, three. Isn't that the saying? Like, you can't ever lose a cross-country meet if you go one, two, three. And I think Carlton did, and St. Olaf beat them. I think they did, yeah. So that's the, my only concern for Carlton. And a way you can look into that is go to a national meet, look at the results, see who wins the race, and then go back two minutes and look at how far from the champion to two minutes is. All of a sudden, like your number five is in the 200s, you know? And then you also put a 200 spot in your five spot. You're, you're that just automatically, you, you don't get a trophy, you know? So that's something like John Kill has to worry about right now with, with Alex and their five. I know they had a few guys out, but this season it's going to be the best pack is going to win and get a trophy because you can put too many, too many runners in between your one and five with a, with a two minute split. So that's my only concern with Carlton is, is that. Yeah, no, that's a valid concern. I just feel like they're, they are a pretty young team, um, which can, you know, be a positive thing. It can be a negative thing. Um, I view it as they have a lot of potential. Um, so we'll see how they finish up the season. Yeah. I'm excited to see their duel with, with St. Olaf that rivalry runs deep. I don't know if it's, you know, a very vicious rivalry, but in terms of historicness, they, uh, they like to beat each other. I think they're friends, but it's a, uh, it's a good rivalry. And then, RPI looking real strong right now. One, three, eight, nine, eighteen. So putting four in that top ten against some ranked teams like Sun Geneseo and Lynchburg. News out of Lynchburg, unfortunately for them, Max Sparks no longer on the team, according to their coaches. They let us know that he won't be racing for them at all this year anymore, which is a big blow. But I think they put it in in the text they sent me or the Instagram, whatever it was you know, next man up mentality, but hard to replace someone who could be, you know, up there, but they seem to be in good spirits and are ready to kind of move on, on from that only lost San Geneseo by two points. There had their sixth in front of their San Geneseo's fifth, which you like to see, but ultimately, you know, came up two points shy, but it's an early, early season meet plenty of things still to go. Big step up in that race by Sam Lanaza. Uh 1500 meter All-American. Is that accurate? Yes, he was. Yep. Yeah. And indoor mile. Yeah. 1500 meter All-American and indoor mile All-American Sam Lanaza. Uh, I don't think he's been the team's number one yet this year. Is that correct? He hasn't been. It's been Sorba. Yeah. So not a great race out of Sorba. You get a better race out of him and you get a good race like that out of Sam. Um, you know, it seems like these guys have already started to step up um, after that roster change. Yeah, and someone I we were just I was just saying that I'm going to leave someone off the top five list, and I forgot about Matt Matthew Lecky. 
I mean, this guy is a, a, a gamer and Nikki Andrews, both running really well. Uh, Lucky and we had Mike Cizzolo out there getting some content for you all and interviewed Lucky. He's fired up with how deep their team is and what they're doing right now. Another team that we shouted out on the indoor preview was they had like 15 guys break nine in the 3K and they had eight or nine guys break 15 outdoors in the 5K. So another team to be looking at as a, as a trophy contender. I think we have them outside of it right now as sixth, but wouldn't be surprised if one Matthew lucky is in that top five as an individual, or if they are a, a trophy team. Yeah, I have them. Here's my list uh, of trophy teams on the men's side. Here we go. Trophy have, team time. I'm ready. All right. I have Mona Pitzer, North central MIT RPI. All right. I like it. I like it. You I mean you're sticking with North Central, so I I I'll applaud you there. I have those same four, but in a different order. Actually, I have Pomona Pitzer, MIT, North Central, RPI. Let's do Pomona. This is as of eight fifty nine p.m. November, October 20th could change, but as of right now, Pomona, MIT, Williams, RPI. Wow. I mean, I can't say Williams didn't have two top five guys and not put them as a trophy numbers game. But I think it could happen. (laughs) Okay. So here, here's the recipe for Williams. They did it last year. Second, fourth, 18th, 70 and 73. That's in team. That's in team points. They can do it. Let's do it. No, Goodbye. it's doable. Come on, guys. Yeah. No, they can do it. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, just, it, I'm, I'm pretty high on RPI right now. I think I think they're pretty hot right now, and I just I like their depth. Yeah, the depth could could play into – I mean, you saw them at – where was that? Paul Short, Matt Leckie, and Corey Kennedy. If they can have two guys like that running fast and up front, I mean, that could just beat out on Williams. But – I know I'm, I'm missing out on North Central. I'm missing out on Wartburg. I'm missing out on the Wisconsin schools. Yeah, interesting. Nobody picked Wartburg or Lacrosse. Lacrosse has a good pack right now too. Like it's just hard. It's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. I feel like Wartburg just you know they had a really tough race at nationals last year. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they respond this year. Um, but I'm still a little skeptical. Yeah. That's fair. And I think they're looking to change that. I want to say Christopher Collette put in one of our Instagrams, like nationals has never been a good experience or something like that for them. So I think he and the team are looking to, to rebound from it. Who do you have right now for the women's podium? Well, you know, I have you Chicago at the top. Such a <laughs> fun pick. That, after that, I have SUNY G then CMS. And then this one, I feel like is my dark horse. I think Hopkins rallies and they get on the podium. I like it. I like it. I mean, I think I, when I was putting some stuff in for, as I ghostwrite some of these, uh, recapped articles, I'm sure Bobby Van Allen has someone in the shadows right now that is ready to go waiting their time that we just haven't seen yet because yeah, they lost four women who were on that national title team, but it's Johns Hopkins. There's history there. Sarah Stevenson and Alex Ross up front. 
it's a good top two, you know, you just need to get three more women. Tucker, do you have a top four yet? All right, let's let's see how this goes. I'm gonna go number one. I'm I'm gonna stick with you, Chicago. I think they are definitely looking like the best team right now. Um, two, I'm gonna go CMS. Three, I'm gonna go Wartburg. Four, I'm gonna go with SUNY G. Yeah, as of now, man, what do I do? I I guaranteed it last year. I think I have to stay with my guns, right? Like you can't just say that last year. So SUNY G, the Knights. Soon Geneseo, I'll take them as number one. You Chicago, two. Give me Warburg, three, and then CMS, four. I'm sure this is going to change when we do our actual predictions because right. so here's what I want to – probably the, all the same it. teams, right? Yeah, except for Emily yep, has Hopkins. Oh, right. Yeah. But like here's what pick. we'll do towards the – to get everyone excited for cross country, we'll do a prediction contest. We'll each do our own. We'll put lactic in there as well with Bijan and, and his algorithm, which are, are powered, our rankings are powered by, and we'll see who comes out on top. Yeah. I was going to say individual picks. Oh, I've got my women. I've got my women set. Let's hear it. It's going to be Cassie, Fiona Smith, Claire Mayfield, Aubrey Fisher, Alex Ross. Ooh, that's really good. And then I would go six. Kathleen McCary. All right. Mine probably very similar. Cassie Parker, Clara Mayfield, Fiona Smith, Aubrey Fisher, Natalie Batetti. Fifth. Ooh, nice. All right. My turn. I'm going to go Cassie Parker by a lot. Clara Mayfield, Natalie Batetti, Fiona Smith, Aubrey Fisher. And again, I'm sure there's someone out there that we just completely missed, like a Morgan Lee or Kathleen McCary in the top five. But for now, that's where things stand as of October 20th. Based on the regular season, we still get two more meets to look at to give ourselves a shot at getting closer to being correct because we're just trying to spice things up. All right, Tucker, everything's spicy. Spicy. Speaking of spicy, Mohammed Bati. Oh, we didn't even talk about him. <laughs> I got to yeah. bring him up. This guy is something else. He hasn't lost to a D3 runner all season. He just lost his first race to a junior college guy. Do you, what do you think he's going to do when he gets some competition? Yeah, so his first comp. So he'll run again in the Mayak, but he's beaten the St. Olaf guys. He's beaten Spencer Schultz of Stout. So regionals is really going to be this first time he sees like strong individual competition. Yeah. I, he's an interesting story. So I think he's a little bit older and he's already run two seventeen in the marathon. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So that's an interesting story that we should probably get him on the pod and hear from him because yeah, he's taken D three by storm. I can't believe it took us however long we into this and not almost an hour in. 50 minutes in and we just talked about him. Yeah. Yeah. He's something else. And he just took down all the lacrosse guys this last weekend. Yeah. It looked like the lacrosse guys may have been bunched up because Greg was like, wasn't up there and he was like their third guy, but yeah, still, uh, yeah, he could be, he could be a top five guy easily. I mean, he's a two seventeen marathoner. He could win it. Can, can you imagine Alex Phillip? 
I wouldn't be that. I wouldn't be that surprised. Emily, any hot takes from you? On Bati? On anyone? No, I did just pencil him into my top five for men. So, I think yeah, he'll he gets, be the one to watch. I think he gets fourth. I think it goes Alex Phillip, Christopher Collett, Elias Lindgren, Muhammad Bati, Matthew Lecky. Ooh, I like that. You just switch your entire top five up. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I think we'll have to get him on the contenders pod and same with Colette and Matthew lucky hear from them. Some guys that we haven't heard from before. So stay tuned for that here coming up in the rest of the cross country season. We'll have articles. We'll have more interviews. We'll have rankings. We have you covered D3 glory days to the moon. Thanks for staying with us. Tucker, Emily, thanks for your time tonight. Good to be here. Yes, thank you. Here's to the glory days. Here's to the freaking glory days. We'll be back next time. We'll probably do a national preview as well. So stay tuned for that. Here's to the glory days. All right, that does it for another episode of D3 Glory Days on the Sidious Mag Podcast Network. Thanks to Tucker and Emily for their time today and giving their hot takes and thoughts on the season so far. Make sure you're following us on social media. More updates to come. Another episode next week as well. But until then, here's to the Glory Days. Glory Days.